0: I mean, I mean that's expensive that's like super expensive I remember you could buy like an F-250 like I think my dad bought one when I was younger like around the, when I was 10 or so it was like 38 and it was like King Ranch for like 40,000 mm-hmm. now you're spending like
1: 90,000 I bought my first house for 725. 725? no you can't obviously buy a house like you that you can't anymore. not anymore. over 10 years later now but looking at cars I'm like I just don't understand how you could buy a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, and like I mean, you're, you're and justify it, like because I a mean, like, car a
0: terrible investment anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible. Like business, you're not but, getting your money back. Because
1: I mean, if you think, you know, you got a hundred thousand dollar vehicle that, you know, you compress into what seven year payments. Yeah. I mean, a car note's got to be like between fifteen hundred and two thousand yeah. dollars a month. Yeah. I mean, it's literally somewhere house around there's the house, house note. Two house it's notes. Literally a house note.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only time I mean, some people do make their money back on cars and trucks or whatever it is. Um, right wow. now is a good time. Yeah.
1: You know, with, you can actually get back a good amount of
0: money for your vehicle compared
1: to, you know, 10 years ago. Past with everything going on right now, the chips and the COVID backups and stuff like that, you can actually get a good amount back for your vehicles. But also, used vehicles are also expensive right now. Really? Well, so, I mean, like Wallace um, had
0: told me, like, he had gotten a Tesla, like one of the very first Teslas he got. He, re- he sold his Tesla and made, like, 20 grand on it. And I was like... Wait. So he did sell a Tesla. He sold it, got the newer one. Uh, oh. And so he he ended up selling. it But it looks like the exact vehicle we already had. It's like a it's like a more fancy version. Of it. It's just an upgraded model. Yeah. And Because when he, he pulled in, I did like, like less than a year ago or something. Yeah. Because
1: when he pulls in, he still got the, it's still black, right? It's oh yeah. Black it's still the black. Rims. Same black.
0: I think it's just like a newer style or a newer <coughs> Tesla. Yeah. Uh, Tesla. He told me that, and "He was like, oh my god."
1: Yeah, because I think crazy. right now, yeah. if you order a Tesla. It's like a year-long wait. A wait? Yeah. So if you order one now, like I'm I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this. I mean, I I know they have like Tesla dealerships in Houston, but, and I don't know if you can just like walk up and buy a Tesla if you go to one of those dealerships or it's, you know, I know if you order one online for sure, it's a year-long backup. Um, And I don't know if it's, same way if you go into a dealership, where
0: I wonder if they have like the basic models and like the basic ones. And maybe so, maybe more f- sporty, and yeah, like more fancy to get. You might have to order. Are it they back. ever going
1: to come out with that truck? I don't know.
0: I don't know if they're that or not. They I don't uh, know if I ever came out with their little electric one. Yeah,
1: you know what the base model of That's that is. Though. I think it was like a hundred and three for like the base 103? for the base for like
0: no nothing added on or anything. Yeah, like
1: the most basic models. Like well, I think 30. Brian
0: Fisher had bought one. And he oh, the like, Hummer? Yeah. The electric like, Hummer? He pretty much like put it on there, and I was like, that's some expensive stuff right there. Yeah. That's an expensive one. Uh, but they say it's fast as shit?
1: Yeah. I think Hood said he went and, uh, I don't know if he went somewhere, but anyway, he apparently had gotten in one. He said it's nice. like this. He said that like, when you go to, he put it like, almost like, 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 like where you like take crunch off. it before you take up, and like this. Like going back in yeah. your seat. Have you seen the commercials for the EV? Like I think it's the, the Denali, the GMC Denali. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty cool. Uh, electrical? truck. Electric, most of the electric trucks don't look that great. Even like the, the is it the Ford Lightning now? That's the, the electric F one fifty. It looks a little funky in my opinion compared to the traditional F one fifty. That's the electrical F one yeah. fifty. All the electrical trucks don't look that nice, but this one actually looks. Pretty looks sweet. good. But same getting I think. I think the base model is close to a hundred thousand. That's crazy. That's crazy.
0: I did see something those pretty cool. Tesla made, like, an 18-wheeler, uh, or, like, a, a pretty much a truck for that, mm-hmm.
1: and it's, like... Tesla made an 18-wheeler? Yeah,
0: so it's, like, two times smaller, or it's, like, it's pretty much smaller. It's, like, cut in half, <coughs> but it has more pulling power and, like, everything like that, and it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy, and the inside of it's, like, decked out. I was, like, that's kind of cool, too, though. The electrical
1: side of things, because that was, like, the biggest hang-up at first, when everything kind of electrical started coming out, like, at least, like, even simple things, like lawn stuff, right, like, yeah. electric weedier. You know, all the the power was very very low, but all that stuff Knowledge, now has gotten the technology improved so much. Stuff, so. I, have you have you seen the? Uh, they have like this uh, the lawn. Uh, are you talking about the the ego, whatever, like that? Are
0: you talking about the thing that you just throw in your yard and just cuts grass?
1: Well, that's yeah, that's like they're almost like a. uh what's the like, a the boat, right? like a vacuum? like a Roomba yeah. for yeah. your for I your I saw that for the first time. I, I just, literally stopped my car yeah. and I was like. Rome did you I actually, down did you you actually sure see one in person? You actually saw it like working? In it somebody's was working.
0: Yard? It cut the whole yard, dude. Well, like I've never seen it. Stopped, I, backed up, did it all.
1: Yeah, because I saw it in at Lowe's. Like they were advertising it. Now, I didn't know how good it worked.
0: I don't know how good But I mean, it was cutting grass. And I was like, that's kind of nice. But they
1: have the electrical, pretty I'm sure if electrical zero turns now. That's pretty cool. Now, how good they are, I don't know. Did you
0: see the Dewalt? The, Dewalt came out with a, uh, like a, Fucking lawn mower, but it's a ride oh, lawnmower Really, you can sit on it. You can do the standing version on it from the back. Like it is. So it's like convertible. To the nine, like have they ever made lawn things. equipment before? I don't think so. I think it's the first time. But it was at a showcase, and they had it on uh, Instagram. I don't think it was YouTube. You and do now it looks humongous. Like it looks that's what she said. giant, yeah. Uh, but it looks huge. But it looks super nice, and you can do all kind of stuff on it. You can like flip the little hatch down and off. Like, really, it's pretty neat.
1: Hmm. Because they're just – it's usually just power tools. Power tools. Yeah.
0: Um, and so I saw that. Now, like I said, I mean, it's, it looks like a small car. Yeah. It's huge.
1: Really. What the price tag or something like that would be?
0: I didn't see it, but I imagine
1: it's its up there. Yeah.
0: I just I don't know,
1: I have a hard time, like, dropping that kind of – I mean, that's like your, Fair, your job. you got, like, a shitload of grass
0: to cut. Your Christmas cow, You might buy it, That's right? what I'm saying. Like, like, that's, that's like your job. you your, your right.
1: go-to. Uh I would have a hard time justifying. You're
0: just cutting your front and backyard on yeah. up on Pine Mountain. The house
1: that we bought the, the, the current house that we live in we bought a couple years ago and the uh, the guy we bought it from worked with Kaylee and he was and he did a little bit of landscaping stuff on the side or yard, yard work on the side and he had this John Deere mower he was trying to sell me because at the time I just had like a pop all mm-hmm. little uh, riding uh, <laughs> it It's Craftsman actually. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, no, bro. He's like, you gotta have a zero turn mower. This and it's like an acre. It's not like a humongous mm-hmm. one. Uh, and he wanted to sell me the, and it was used for 10 grand I'm like I can't no oh, no. no I cannot <laughs> justify spending 10 grand on a lawnmower for a yard this big I'm like he's like oh no he's like brand new it's like 18 I'm like I, no Still. that's a car <laughs> that's a whole that's a brand new car for some um, people 18,000 so dollars I'm like no that, right? I cannot justify paying that whatsoever for a lawnmower and so uh, it, so kind of switching gears uh, fun story for the day so last night me and Kayla were sleeping. I don't it still sometime early in the night. Claire comes walking in our bedroom crying. And uh, you know, I kinda so I kinda initially kinda wake up I'm like, hey, what's wrong? She says something and kinda mumbles it. I'm like, what the hell did you just say? And she says again, I don't understand what the hell she's saying. I'm like, I'm like, whatever, just get in the bed and go back to sleep. So she ends up falling back to sleep. This morning Like, I'm kind of the first one up, I was kind of in the kitchen, and Kaylee kind of woke up probably about 15 minutes after me. And then probably about 15 minutes after that, Claire comes walking in. I'm drinking my coffee, not looking at her, and I hear Kaylee go, what the hell happened to your face? Apparently she had fell out of her bed. And cut her eyebrow open. We don't know right now if she needs stitches or not. I can't tell. What? But yeah, literally bloody that <laughs> face and everything. And I'm like, get the hell in the bed. Who cares? Like, get in the bed. Like, I didn't Stop know talking my, to me. Yeah, I'm sure like parenting fell there. Oh, but no. it literally has like a cut. Like, like on, on top of her eyebrow? Like it's like on the bottom portion of her eyebrow, like right there by her eye. So it's like in a bad spot too, you know, because you're constantly moving your eyebrows, especially her. And so uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't know. Like I don't know if she needs stitches or not. Uh, so we'll see. I, know, might, I, I talked to Nikki. She said they might just glue it. Too, glue it, but yeah. I don't know how actually because it's, it's still kind of like it has like crusty blood on it. Well, or like after a certain clean.
0: time you can't do stitches, right? I don't know. I don't know what the time frame I thought is. there was like a time frame like I don't know how long it is but like then you have to glue it. You yeah. have to glue it.
1: So, Kate is all concerned about scarring no or
0: whatever, Lord. but I'm oh like, that's Lord. a
1: parenting fail on our part. That's hilarious. Though. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Rocky right now. She's got that swollen eyebrow. Get in the bed. Get in the bed. It's, well, I didn't know. She, I mean, then she didn't... She went right back to sleep, so okay. it wouldn't have been different if she just continued to catch on crying But right. and she didn't really voice it. Did you have, like,
0: blood all over the fucking bed? No. No?
1: Like, at least not that So Now, she might go home and take a picture or something like that and start, sure. show, like, where all the blood was from her that's face, a- but...
0: I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God, this is
1: ridiculous. <clears throat> I'm dealing with this freaking crud right now. Freaking, that's already Christmas night. Freaking clear. So, but anyways, kind of jumping back into what we actually, the purpose of this podcast is. So uh, starting next week, so we'll probably publish this podcast today, is we'll start our new strength cycle. right? Okay. So we kind of wrapped up. This week was kind of the ending of everything, uh, which is kind of a weird bridging week because it's kind of caught between Christmas and New Year's. It's such a weird week. Dude, this the attendance week.
0: this week has been so crazy. It's just been, has so it been kind of sporadic. Yeah, it's just like 3 o'clock you get like 6 people, 4 o'clock like yesterday you get like 18, and then 5 is back down to like 8. It's so weird.
1: It's, it's a weird time. A lot of people are still traveling, a lot of people are still taking time off. A lot of people are just, in general, just being lazy this time of the year. Yeah, didn't
0: you say last week at 445 we had, like, what,
1: 4, 6? Tuesday we had, like, maybe 6 or 7. Yeah, that's great. But 445 probably start. I don't know if it's going to start next week or the first full week. That it's, tends to bump up a it's lot. ramp up. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people will always kind of, like, man, <clears throat> you're about to get a lot of members at the beginning of the year. We don't necessarily get a whole bunch of, like, new people, per se, because usually people are not coming off the couch and in riding across mm-hmm. a lot of times. Sometimes, but not always the case. A lot of people are usually just jumping into like their traditional gym. And so uh, it's not necessarily that we get like a whole bunch of new people. We might get a handful, but it's more people, people just to start. 15s. Well, people who currently have a mirror just start showing up more often, right? So you might see somebody who hasn't been here in months or maybe have somebody who maybe comes once or twice a week. They're trying to make it a goal to come three or four times a week. And then you have a lot of people that are like, okay, well, I'm going to start going early in the morning. to knock it out. So 445 attendance shoots ah. the roof, yeah. you know? And it's so when 6 o'clock gets big. Yeah, 6 o'clock as well. Because people start showing up more consistently, more at five, least yeah. trying to show up more yeah. consistently. So, uh, but anyways, we're kind of like in that in that bridge week where we're kind of transitioning over. Obviously, we the first day will actually start on Tuesday because Monday we have a of limit schedule for observance of New Year. So Tuesday will technically kick everything off. And then Monday will actually kind of fully get into everything, even though it's kind of kicking off on you know, Tuesday, so to speak. But uh, we'll kind of break down, you know, what you guys can kind of expect, you know, over this roughly six-week cycle, uh, as well as we'll talk about, you know, what you can kind of expect from the bulletproofing program as well on that side of things. So we'll kind of cover the, you know, the, the general strength piece in the class, the strength balance, as well as the extra credit strength. And then we'll also kind of cover bulletproofing, kind of like in that order, so to speak. Kind of breaking each day day down individually. Uh, So Mondays, I was kind of like in a toss-up on what I want to do on Mondays. Originally, when I was kind of starting to write up everything, I originally was going to do snatches again. That's kind of like progression forward. But... I'd end up changing, and like, I'm kind of torn when it comes to snatching in general. I don't know how you feel, and I guess it could be a whole other separate podcast, and like, snatches and needles.
0: You could literally have a whole hour on snatches. You
1: know, like, and I'm always conflicted on, like, is it something that I want to, like, put into the gym more often or not, because it's such a complex movement, And, and I'm torn on it because... You know, if you're exposed to it enough, obviously you get better at it. But there's also a lot of people who don't really give a shit about it. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that goes to degree for for, some, uh, for a lot of the movements. But it's such a, I mean, it's the most complex movement you can do with the barbell, right? And so, and, and also there's a lot of people members that currently come to the for years who hate doing barbell snatches sure. still. And that's probably one. That and overhead squats are probably the, about the
0: overhead squats the most hated.
1: Are probably the two most complained about barbell movements that we have is are those two movements. So I was kind of like hesitant about kind of going through another general strength cycle especially like on Mondays because Mondays is tend to, Mondays and Tuesdays tend to be more of our popular days at the gym like most higher attendance and so originally I was going to do the snatches on Mondays but I decided because the way kind of this year the way the strength cycle and like all the holidays fell we really didn't get to really do a whole lot of like back squatting like I wanted to do and so in deciding that we're going to kind of shift the Mondays will be more back squat intensive for the class setting
0: okay.
1: because what we're going to do going for for this for Fridays in the way of like the conditioning pieces are going to be like more drawn out like e style stuff. Um, which you guys can expect this coming Friday. Uh, so obviously with those longer duration workouts that last 30 to 40 minutes, it's very, very difficult to push into a strength piece. Strength piece. Fridays are usually longer days for us anyways in the way of workout structures. And so uh, I decided to go ahead. In my opinion, I feel like people would get more benefit and be more intrigued by the back squat compared to the snatch. At this is my train of thought. I don't know how you feel about oh, it. It's pretty accurate. And so uh, so back squats will be our primary objective for Mondays in the way of like the general class progressions. Uh, we'll eventually work up to a heavy single by the end of the six weeks. Okay. Uh, it'll be so the last little bit of like this last probably. Twelve weeks has been a little bit more like tempo style work. For the back squat in general, it'll be more traditional. Strengths so are kind of getting a little more basic of like percentage work. Uh, so if you guys don't know like what your warm max back squat is, it's not a big deal. We'll just based off more off feel. And then as the weeks progress, the the volume will decrease, but the in- intensity will increase. Obviously, so you're doing you know we're gonna start somewhere around like that five rep range. And we'll gradually work our way down in volume but the, the weight loading will gradually increase over those six weeks and so uh in the first week for most people it's kind of a filler week so if you guys don't know based off where your warm max is because we are giving percentage work then just kind of based off feel and then gradually work your way up from there from week to week uh, when it comes to that the extra strength piece we we'll basically do the same concept but with deadlifting, So it'd be kind of like a back squat death, more like a powerlifting, I guess, style day for, for Monday. And with your strength balance being some posterior and core stuff as well kind of thrown in. So a little bit more a like a leg heavy dominant Monday, so to speak, with a little bit of core stuff in there. Uh, so that'll kind of come in the form of like some curtsy drop lunges. So we've done drop lunges before, but be mm-hmm. elevated on a plate in just that little curtsy position kinda puts you into a different plane, so puts you more like in that transverse plane compared to like that frontal sagittal plane that we always kinda use. Uh and also kinda isolates that front leg a little bit better compared to a traditional just back first lunge. And then uh as well as some good mornings. And then when it comes to the core stuff we'll kinda really focus on like ring body saws and like weighted knee raises will kinda be like our primary focus there. So we'll alternate from week to week. The reason why I like to do like for instance like And this is kind of covering all for everything, right, for our our general strength pieces and strength balances is, you know, not trying to throw throw in too much variation because it's really hard to progressively overload that over a period of time, right? So if you guys are are going to maybe set like a, you know, maybe a goal of trying to hit some of these things more often, especially outside of the traditional strength stuff in the classes, I'd highly recommend that you – or jotting down the information from week to week and writing down, like, how many reps you did, how much weight you did. That, some sort of a note. Because that way, when you come back to it, and we'll roughly jump back and forth for every two weeks to those particular movements so that you know what you did last time, and you have a goal to try to shoot for for next time to try to beat. You know, so if, let's say, for instance, on the, the curtsy lunge, I used 25-pound dumbbells, right? And I kind of jotted down, okay, these were pretty tough. By the last set, next time I come back to them, the next week... I do that, have to bump it to 30 pounds, right? Progressively overload that over a period of time. So that'll be kind of like your Monday progressions. Tuesday, we're going to basically kind of have a play off of uh, this last year of progression. We did push presses, so now we're going to transition to push jerks, okay. which I'm sure some people will appreciate. Okay. Do you see a lot of people <laughs> so excited. when we maxed out this week with the push press? How many people want to push jerk? Oh, yeah,
0: a lot of people a lot like probably <coughs> one to two people
1: in every class yeah i want to kind of resort for to sure. the push jerk and so it's a little bit more tactical obviously for, so from the newbie people newbie people they might have a little bit more of a, a learning curve but uh it'll be push jerks but the first three weeks of the progression will be similar in the way of with uh holds and pauses so it'll be some holds in the dip as well as holds overhead for the first couple of weeks and then we'll transition to no holds towards the last couple of weeks Working up to a heavy single in the push jerk as well, okay. and then uh, and then also the extra strength piece on top of that for that extra credit, will focus on the strict press. So it's still saying overhead with it. So follow a similar structure in the way of like the back squat and the deadlift. The same thing will happen with the strict press, where we'll start from a little bit higher volume and then gradually work our way down in reps and higher the intensity with percentage work. That's kind of how that'll work. Uh, as well as so like I said, Monday's a little bit more core and leg focus, Tuesday is gonna be a little bit more like an upper body pull push focus in the way of extra credit as well. Uh, so because we're doing you know push presses or push jerks and strict presses, kind of the, the strength balance work will come from more incline stuff like dumbbell flies, uh, dips, elbow and in rows, incline close grip benches, things of that nature. So that's gonna be a little bit more of an upper body dominant day. So if that's something that's a little bit more of a focus for you, make sure you're doing the Tuesday work as well. Uh, Wednesday, we'll transition back to some squat. And we're gonna go front squats. Okay. Uh, so because like I said originally, I wasn't sure where, if I wanted to include the back squat. So essentially, we're gonna do squats on Mondays and squats on Wednesdays because Fridays being such a longer workout day, we don't have a, a time to kind of include the strength piece. Uh, so that one's gonna be a little bit higher volume compared to the back squat because we're gonna work up to a heavy three by the end of that strength cycle. It's not a heavy single, but a heavy three. So the, the numbers, the volume will be a little bit higher to start. And the guys will work our way down, but we won't be doing any heavy singles like that in the front squat because we are working to a heavy three. Uh, but same thing, like we're not doing any tempo work there. It'll just be more straightforward, like squats. Down, huh? Yeah, and then uh, for the extra strength piece, we'll be working on some, some pull-ups. So especially for you girls who are looking to kind of improve upon doing your pull-ups, that'll be also included in the strength piece. For the... Prescriberation will be like some weighted strict chest bars, especially for a lot of guys who or people in general who struggle with getting chest bar pull-ups. <clears throat> a lot of times with our or pull-ups in general, like with the chest bar version, you know, for instance, like I'm doing like a regular a butterfly or pull-up. And I just kind of pull down right to get my chin above the bar. That elbow can kind of stay in the same position with my torso and so you have a lot of strength in that position, but for me to close the gap between my chest and the bar the elbow now has to go behind All the body, right, yeah. right? And that's a different kind of strength that you have to build. And so doing strict chest bars can help build up that last little bit of that pulling power that you might be missing otherwise. And I think it's also another reason why so many people have issues with the chest bar is because they are lacking that last of pull pulling, pulling strength. In and a little bit two degrees, a little bit of a technique work there. But you know, how many times are you actually closing the gap between your chest and the bar? Yeah. It's not very often. Most of the time you're doing strict pull ups or just regular kipping pull ups, not actually getting the benefit of that last foot in range of motion. It'd be like doing push ups to like ninety degrees all the time. And then and then, and then saying, Okay, well now you have to test your chest and you struggle in that last little bit of range of motion, right? Because strength is gained in the range that's strained. And so if I've never have built strength in that range of motion, obviously it's gonna be weak. And so when we do chest my pull-ups in the workout, a lot of people struggle with those mm-hmm. is because of the fact they lack that strength in that range. So that'll be kind of like the focus for the extra strength pieces. Uh, now, when it comes to the strength balance, uh, it'll be kind of like a little bit of arm and like hip focused. So a lot of hip thrusts, like banded hip thrusts, and that'll be like this pasture cycle is kind of like a little bit lower volume, like six to eight reps hip thrusts. This will be like higher volume, like close to 20 reps with bands and then just traditional kind of like a, a curl push kind of tricep extension curl combination uh for wednesdays thursdays will be pretty much the exact same as kind of what we did through this last previous strength cycle with the power cleans and the strict intensive push-ups so okay. we're going to kind of go back that same general cycle but uh the the power cleans won't be any complex it's like pretty much this whole last strength cycle were like a bunch of complex clean pulls hang cleans so on and so forth, this will be more purely like power cleaning, right? So it'll be basically just power clean singles, right? So you might have four sets, it'll be like five singles in the power clean, and then moving into certain set pushups where we'll still continue to work on sets at first with negatives, then we'll progressively work our way to doing a little bit more higher volume. So like for instance, AM wrap of as many as you can with a three second lower. Then it might be a twenty second AM wrap of with no tempo, and then eventually work up to nice. as many reps. Yeah, how many you can do unbroken. Uh, so that's kind of the general guideline with that. Now, for the extra strength piece, we'll kind of go back to what we did, not to be in the general class, but the extra strength piece will be the close grip bench press. Uh-huh. So kind of going back to that, which we did that probably back Is in like August, yeah, September, in that range. Uh, which will work up to a heavy single there too, but that'll also start up with some controlled lowers and then some hamstring work through the Nordic curl. Uh, so that'll be kind of like a little bit of play off from Wednesday, but kind of transitioning to the close grip bench and then the Nordic curl for the hamstrings. And then Friday, we don't necessarily have like an actual class strength piece because we talked about our Fridays are going to more transition to – longer type E mobs, things like that, like thirty to forty minutes stuff. So it's gonna be a big sweat sesh, a lot of breathing heavy, things like that. And trying to keep the load relatively nice light that day or not that not being our so focus is being like on the barbell or on the dumbbells Just but keeping you moving. more moving in general. Like obviously weights are gonna be included to a degree throughout the six weeks there. It's not like we're not gonna to touch a barbell at all on Fridays, like we'll definitely have some barbell stuff and some dumbbell stuff included but it's not gonna be like, that's gonna be the primary thing throughout the throughout the six weeks. Uh, but the the strength cycle for Fridays will come from uh, some cyclist front squats. So we're doing front squats on, on Wednesday, but the cyclist front squats are a little bit different because how much more, you're gonna be weaker in this position. So essentially all a cyclist squat is, is a really heel elevated squat. Um, so it's gonna be very, very quad intensive, right? So. A back squat is your strongest movement because of the fact you include your quads, your glutes, and your hamstrings. You can get the most muscle recruitment out of the whole entire leg. As you move the bar to the front of the body, it becomes more quad dominant, right? Your, your hamstrings and your glutes are still involved, but it's very more mm-hmm. quad dominant. And then the more you elevate the heels into that mm-hmm. cyclist squat position, you're almost taking the whole entire posterior side of the body out of the movement, making, yeah, making it very, very quad intensive. <laughs> So if that's something that you feel like you need to build up yourself, these are a great movement for that. And essentially all you do is you grab like a 45 or a 35 pound plate, and elevate your heels like on that high of an elevation. So it's not like you're you're barely, like you know some people do this like fives or some tens yeah. get a elevation, we're talking like like really 45, elevated. like a 45 degree elevation. And so you're gonna be a lot weaker in that position, uh, but to help build the quads, going through some cyclo squats, as well as some barbell rowing as well to help balance out. We try to do a good job with that on Thursdays. Like kind of supplementing it. Doing some rowing variations, right? Because it's really hard in a CrossFit workout setting to include a bunch of rows, right? Uh, and so we, we do a lot more vertical pooling in CrossFit, right? With muscle ups and pull ups. Uh, and so we don't do a lot of horizontal pulling, which we try to make sure we do that on Thursdays, but uh, and we do it more like, like through SuperFive yeah, rows super and super like row row or rows. we three row. do more of that, but we don't necessarily do like heavy rows. And so to help balance out everything, we're going to do some supinated barbell rows, especially because we also don't do a whole lot of underhand stuff. Everything's pretty much pronated with an overhand grip. So to help balance out the back, we'll go underhand supinated rows, and then as well as some, some glute work with some like heavy box step ups with like some dumbbells or like some Cossack squats. And then this is mainly for Trey Bencuso. We'll do some bicep curls as well. Right. some barbell curls some barbell curls so we'll hit up curls twice a week for you guys uh, well, there's, there's always never enough <laughs> curls that you can program and that'll come more in variations with the kettlebell okay. so it won't be like barbell or, or dumbbell curls it'll be more of a like kettlebell curl oh, variation kettlebell curl. so which kind of changes the curl up a little bit you wouldn't think that the, think the kettlebell, it's, like
0: a, it's kind of like your cyclo squat like it's super bicep dominant yeah
1: like. it's, it's weird like you would think like looking at a kettlebell that wouldn't be the case but it, it seems like at least a little bit that I've done it, it's weird how it changes the curl up a lot uh so that'll be kind of like the general layout uh of from monday through friday uh now when it comes to like the conditioning pieces itself you guys can always kind of expect the traditional you know interval work on tuesdays uh as per normal thursdays will be a little bit more i wouldn't say like a lot of people are kind of bitch about thursdays now because really? they're like they're not so easy anymore. yeah you get that like
0: every thursday a little
1: bit uh and I, I try – when it comes to, like, Thursdays, I try to program, you know, to where you're still sweating, you're still getting – it still can be a tough workout, but I try to make it a little bit more muscular fatiguing. I
0: feel like you married – Thursdays are kind of married bodybuilding CrossFit together.
1: A little bit. That's that's kind of my general goal with Thursdays is the to where overall your intensity gets brought down some because of the fact of muscle fatigue. Because, you know, just like, you know, the workout on this past Tuesday with the dips and the push press, workout still has intensity, no doubt about it. But you're, you get a little bit limited on how hard you can push because of the muscle pair that you're mm-hmm. recruiting. And that's a little bit of the case I try to do a little bit on Thursdays to where if somebody still wants to come in, they had maybe worked out much that week, they still get a good workout in. It felt like they actually did something. Uh, but if somebody's coming in for Thursdays and been working out all week, it's not quite as intensive on the body per se in the way of like breathing super heavy and like taxing them too much. Uh, so that's usually general guideline will kind of follow for Tuesdays and Thursdays obviously and then Fridays being more longer drawn out like 30 to 40 like not like like tomorrow's workout is going to be a long workout in the way of like the, the row row climbing wall balls we're doing tomorrow it's not going to be like that kind of structure but actually which people it's either like love-hate Like I,
0: I feel like most people
1: hate it you know, most people hate it? I think
0: it. I feel like 70% of people are going to hate it <laughs> They're also going to be getting, like, some
1: really good workouts. Well, like, because that it's going like, to be, like, like, a different interval style.
0: On Friday, I yeah.
1: Say. I think it's because it pushes you – it pushes you a lot harder than you would go otherwise because if it was just like, like – that the time
0: frame, right? Well,
1: exactly, because you, it, it scrunches you in because you had just four rounds for time, right? It's like, okay, well, I can just kind of slug my way through this mm-hmm. and just kind of keep chipping away. I can take the breaks as I want. Compared to, from like, all right, where well, you're gonna do the station every minute, on the minute, or every two minutes, or whatever it may be, you're like, well, shit. Now I will have to kind of like it pushes you a push this out, right? push the station really go
0: through
1: it lazily. exactly, and that's kind of but to a degree that's the purpose. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's allowed. It's a- making awesome. you. I
0: love
1: you well, to yeah, two degree because I can kind of turn my brain off a little bit and just kind of do the work. Uh, I don't think about it as much compared to. When I'm doing like a workout like tomorrow, then you're kind of a little bit more of a strategy, like, okay, well, do I want to pace the row a little bit more? How do I want to break up these wall balls? Like when you're doing like an emom, you're just like, hey, like, it's a movement, go just on. movement, I rest, move on, you know, so on and so forth. And so uh, that's, like I said, it's one of these, and it's also one of those things where a lot of times all on the surface people look at them, they're like, okay, well, I can do all those movements in the time frame. Like well, but can you repeat that? You Unless know, really five times? times. You know, that's where the problem comes into play. Is that a lot of people will come out swinging way too hard on the workout. Like 95
0: 90, percent. Yeah. And then the second round comes, and you don't got you don't have nothing yeah. to
1: gas tank. So. And so, uh, it might be a little bit of a learning curve for some people at first. I think I've been doing intervals for a while now, especially on Tuesdays, but. Most of those intervals on Tuesdays kind of fall between like a two minute to like maybe upwards to like five minute time like frame. The
0: intensity is way higher on Tuesday than Friday. Well,
1: yeah, because it's more of a like harder like hit. Two, to like three, go, AM yeah, right. and you're working for you know three to five sets. Uh, but with these, when you're going like thirty to forty minutes, that's a whole different kind of stimulus that you got to meet now. And so you have to make sure, especially in those as that first set or two, that you're not overly taxed because you're already like about to fall over you're not, not going to survive the next yet, 20 minutes of this workout right you might be able to slug your way through another round but to make it another 10 minutes on top of that is probably not going to happen and so uh so that's what you can kind of expect in the way of the general condition piece so what monday and tuesday are just a little bit more traditional style yeah. like crossfit workouts usually what we try to go with within the proper context of what our movements are and what we've kind of paired up with that week uh but that's with with CrossFit style programming, the way of conditioning pieces, there is a little bit of uh, chaos that kind of gets involved with that to a degree. Uh, you know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like it's this big, beautiful plan when it comes to you know CrossFit conditioning pieces. Uh, you can have a general guideline and, and you know an idea of where you want to go, but it's not nearly as uh, linearized and things like that compared to like a strength progression. Right? Those are a little bit more like, hey, like this is. You know, day one we're going to look like this, and day by day, you know, by week twelve we're going to look like this. When and you can do the same thing when it comes to like running or rowing or biking, but when you come to crossfit, right? There's so many different things at play that's really hard to have like a straight up one singular progression. You know, when it comes to the the chaotic side of like crossfit conditioning pieces, and I just try to look at it more through the lens of like I know we've done a podcast on this before. I don't know what episode it was, but like just kind of a brief review, is like we try to hit so many hinging movements in a week, so many squatting movements in a week, so many pressing movements, pulling movements. At least try to, it doesn't always work out at least one carry and one movement that goes from the ground to overhead. But uh, that's the general guideline we try to fall into, or trying to get X amount of movement patterns in, uh, as well as a little bit to a degree uh, certain time frames as well. We're trying to fit into. Uh, and honestly, not repeating movements too much frequently inside of a week, right? So I don't want to do wall balls three times in a week thing. or, you know, uh, you know, deadlifting more than, you know, multiple times in a week. We, every once in a while, you do get a little bit of overlap that happens, right? When you're doing this much programming and this many different variations. You might of overlap like a
0: Monday and a Friday or like a Monday and exactly. a Saturday. Exactly. Like like I like I not going to overlap Monday, yeah. Tuesday.
1: Exactly. Right. That's you might have like a deadlift on Monday and you might have a deadlift again like on Friday or Saturday, right? Where if you're having enough spacing between to recover, uh it's made like you sat there, like I don't want to do, you know, deadlifting on Monday and then we're doing like dumbbell snatches on Tuesday. Yeah. I try to change up the hinging variation to where we're spacing that out appropriately, right? Uh and you can say, you know, for instance like technically rowing on a rower is like a hinging movement. Yeah. And so but I don't necessarily qualify that to like say if, okay if we did rowing on Monday I don't want to do deadlifts on Tuesday yeah. right like a lot of people are doing rowing and saying like their backs blowing up on rowing right it's 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 one of those things where you have to have a little bit of context as to what the movement is uh even like like hang stuff is considered like a hindrance movement to mm-hmm. a degree but even mm-hmm. that to a degree isn't it kind
0: of depends what hang movement you use I guess and how heavy that yeah. is. if you use a dumbbell hang clean it's not that bad yeah
1: okay, and so uh so that's it's kind of the drill context that we try to use the fall into the guidance of like the CrossFit conditioning pieces, at least for myself. Uh, so that kind of that kind of breaks everything down for like the strength, the extra strength, and the strength balance or anything. Kind of missed there, Cal. I was going to ask one thing for the
0: chest bar, strict chest bar. Are they going to be allowed to use bands? Yeah. So like if how can't do a strict chest bar?
1: Yeah. So it just, it just depends on the person, right? So if you're able to do chest bar, like strict chest bar prescribed variations weighted with lowers. Obviously, sit down for that as non-weighted. That's pretty straightforward. If you're maybe somebody who can do strict pull-ups but can't do chest of bar strict pull-ups, obviously, add a band. Uh, And then, obviously, if you can't do a strict pull-up, I think strapping a band on there with controlled lowers is fine. Uh, And then, as you progress, that four, trying to lower can't the band resistance, away. right? And then, obviously, if we can't... Uh, there could be a certain point in time where, obviously, there's too many bands to being strapped onto the bar where you're probably more your time better spent doing some type of rowing variations or doing something like kneeling negative variations or even doing, like, jumping negative variations. Uh, and that's a whole other podcast itself. stuff yeah. talking about strip pull-ups, yeah. things like that. But if you guys are kind of falling in that boat of wanting to get pull-ups, make sure you talk to me or talk to Kel or any other coaches to get a better understanding what's going to be best suited for you, right? We're kind of we're kind of baiting a broad stroke across the board for everybody here, but uh, to kind of get a little bit more of an individualized answer for yourself, make sure you are asking a coach on what the best method they would recommend for you to do to kind of go forward to get a pull-up, right? Because that's usually a pretty big goal, especially for the feed muscles pull-ups. And so uh, just make sure you guys are asking questions there. So... Uh, the last thing uh, that I think has done pretty well, I don't know how you feel about it, is the bulletproofing.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: feel like some of you have kind of ended it out. Not as many as many people need to do it. Yeah. I uh, think
0: the people I, that have been doing it are enjoying
1: it. Yeah. And so this one, we're going to kind of change this up because we've been doing the, pretty much the same similar structure for the past couple weeks here. So these are going to be a little bit more condensed uh not as strong out to where we're going to kind of keep it to anywhere from like two maybe max to four movements uh throughout this and it's going to kind of correlate a little bit better with what we're doing that individual day so like mondays we have like the squats and the demos so it's a little bit more lower body dominant so the bulletproofing will also follow that similar structure okay. with it right so like mondays will have a little bit more of a knee back uh kind of feel to it so that's going to be the main primary focus is like bulletproof the knees in the back Uh so we'll have a little bit of backward sled still uh, some in which we include that like once or twice is like the 45 degree back extensions with the yeah. uh with the attachment pull-up bar uh, which I found if you kind of strap a band underneath the with the J-hooks at the bottom and then kind of like push your feet into the band that way you stay more Helps. stable it does help Uh and then as well as like some bent knee calf raises uh, for the knees so I kind of you know, st- stealing this from a little bit from that knees over toes guy is, like, the whole... Which, I, the thing is, is, like, he just does a better job of, like, expressing in terms... It's kind of those things, like, always kind of new, but I had a hard time expressing. Because, like, even going through my competitor life, like that. Like, doing some of the exercises all had the same repetitive pattern of, in the way he says, like, is reversing out of pain, so to speak. And pretty much every movement that involves you doing some type of... of uh you know, bulletproofing exercise usually has to do with the fact that you are doing like some type of reverse protocol, right? So, like you are doing like a lot of shoulder rehab, it's a lot of external stuff, right? You are doing knee stuff. A lot of times you are doing or stuff, or you are doing like terminal knee extensions, the TKEs. Doing like more like focusing more on the reversing side of things. Uh, same thing like with wrists or elbows is the fact that you are doing either something rotation or wrist extensions, because everything that we do for the most part is always done like forward. Right? We don't do a lot of things in reverse in life and sport or anything in general. And so, uh, so that's kind of how Mondays will fall. Tuesdays will be, because the fact that we're doing like push jerks and pressing and things like that, will be more shoulder dominant. Uh, that'll come from like dumbbell extra rotations, which I really, really like those. Um, some pal raises, so that'll be a little bit more like actual rear up. What raise? Pal
0: raise.
1: Pal. raise. So essentially, you're, you'll be like on an incline bench, and uh, you can also do it flat. I think incline is a little bit better. But uh, essentially you'll have like, like... So pretend I'm laying on my side on an incline. Mm-hmm. You can YouTube this as well. Uh, but I'm laying on my side and I have like a dumbbell over, like basically right In above me, right? And then from there I'm bringing that dumbbell like closer to eye level. So not going straight down, but more towards my eye. And then back up. So oh, to hit more that rear delt, and that upper back. Because it's like your rotator cuff and stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's also like... like the extra rotation has more rotator cuff, Gosh. right? Like this is more like rear delt and like and like kind scap, almost. right? Almost like, a, almost like a reverse fly, yeah, tube. Like yeah. very, very similar. And so uh, because of the fact that we don't do a lot of, you know, pulling in that plane, so to speak here, things usually done from like a pressing plane for the most part. And so we're like a downward pulling plane. We're not necessarily going like straight backward straight per se. Uh, so it's like another way to do like rear delt, upper back work. Um, as well as prone pressing, which is kind of the same muscle groups. Where you're basically laying flat on the I don't think I've programmed these for you before. It's like pro, uh, prone uh, presses. Yeah. We lay down on your, on your belly. We do this like, in warm ups like, like that. But, yeah. Or but we presses. do this in warm sometimes too. It's like laying on your belly, completely flat, not arching your back, and then having like some five or two and a half pound plates, and then you're, you you know, lift your arms up. and You're pressing them. You know, not trying to touch the ground. And hard back down. than they look. Yes. And so that'll be Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Will be knees, hamstrings, and back. Uh, so, because we'll kind of let's say the back and the hamstrings, because we're gonna be do some Jefferson curls on the slant board. Okay. So, which involves you basically, basically facing the opposite way on the slant board. So, you're kind of having your toes elevated and you're holding like a dumbbell or a kettlebell. You can even do a body weight We're essentially, which we've we done these in warps as well, but curling your back all the way down, down and getting like a big stretch in the bottom and coming back up. If you do this load, especially for like eight to 10 reps, Start shaking a little bit. got some tight calves. Yeah. As well as uh, some touchdowns and some tip raises for the knees. Uh, Thursday will be shoulder and wrists. Get a little wrist work in there. Uh, So some dumbbell pullovers work on that that overhead uh, flexion, as well as some weighted extension, shoulders extensions, which I don't know if people have ever done those before. Probably not. Some weighted Uh shoulder extensions, which essentially... You could do like a PVC pipe with a little bit of weight in the PVC pipe, or like a light bar, like a 15 or 25 pound bar, where think of it like I'm standing and I have the bar behind me and I have my palms facing in the same direction as me. So I'm kind of like, so my palms aren't facing away, they're facing the same direction I am. And while keeping a tight core, essentially all I'm gonna do is think about pulling that bar off my, basically be resting on my ass, right? So I then pull back as far as I can to really squeeze my upper back and then controlling it back in.
0: It's almost setting up like you're doing
1: like a reverse curl almost. To a degree, right? But you, all you're doing essentially is pushing back right. on the bar, right? So uh, the idea behind the bulletproofing a lot of times is, you know, we are doing like a whole stretching podcast as well is, uh, you know, it's great to have the range of motion that you need, right? Which is kind of the point of like stretching and mobility. But if you don't have strength in the range that you're training or trying to get, and also, also a problem as like well. Just because, yeah, just because you're mobile doesn't mean you're, you can't get injured, right? I've seen plenty of people who are actually Super pretty mobile. mobile that still get hurt, right? It's because great that you've accomplished better range now, but which which is in better advantageous positions. But if you don't have strength in those positions, that's also an area that you can get hurt in. Now you're now you're responsible for more range, which. At that point in time, you're responsible. It's more strength. But it's also right. possible that you get hurt. And so you have, to, the bulletproofing is to strengthen those ranges, right? As you also get more range of motion. So uh, that's kind of the idea behind it. So like for instance, if I'm doing like a shoulder extension stretch, that's great, I've gained more shoulder extension which might help me get into like the bottom of a bench better or the bottom of a dip easier. Uh, but if I don't have strength in the range as well, then that's also a problem for myself. And so, uh, so it's, and then with the wrist stuff, uh, we'll do some wrist extensions, right? So, expect, I mean, in life in general, but especially at CrossFit, we're always kind of grabbing onto things, right? We're squeezing on things, hanging from things, holding onto things. So, basically, the, that forearm gets extremely uh, strong, you know, from the eye of the elbow down to the, to the wrist there, but on top of the forearm, we don't really get a whole lot of work in that sense yet. It, it's obviously still involved, but not nearly as involved as, like, the meaty part of your forearm mm-hmm. is. So a lot of times, especially like myself, like, we start to get weak in the upper forearm, and we start to lack wrist extension, like, bringing your – so pretend like I'm having my arm out in front of me. I'm, I'm, I'm curling my wrist downward, and I'm bringing my, my
0: – Bringing your knuckles to knuckles sky. Knuckles towards the
1: sky, like, and curling that up. That's at top of that forearm that we're trying to focus in on. And so that would be a pretty light weight, like a 5-pound dumbbell or, like, a 10-pound dumbbell. In doing wrist extensions that way to build that upper forearm, right? Which can then help out with less pain, like in the front rack position, or like hanging upside in, in a handstand, things of that nature, uh, or like going overhead, right? Uh, Cause you, you're building better range and better strength in the back of that form. So uh, that's kind of what we'll focus on there. Fridays will be kind of going back to the hips and the knees. Uh, so we'll go back to sled again. Uh, we'll include some terminal knee extensions this time around, okay. which I think I programmed for you before okay. as well, where Essentially, all you do is is in a band up on the rig about knee height. You then walk out, uh, pretend I'm facing towards the rig so that band's behind my knee. And you guys kind of bend that knee and reflex. Uh, so you'll do that for you know quite a few reps there, as well as um, some banded knee raises that we will kind of repeat that again to kind of work on the hip flexors. Because a lot of times, honestly, you're not really pulling these up towards our chest a whole lot, other than like toe to bar and stuff like that. So to help strength get into a better squat positions, but as well as the hip flexors doing some type of like weighted knee raises as well as some Copenhagen planks.
0: Oh, I probably sound love those.
1: So that's going to be a little bit more like static holds to help strengthen the hips. So there's, there's also some things to be said of like stagnant holding, right? Which people hate to do. Uh-huh. Uh, but essentially you'll be on a bench with one leg on top and one leg underneath the bench. Obviously the leg underneath doesn't really do anything, but because I'm basically going to be in a side plank with my knee on top of the bench, or my foot on top of the bench, at that point in time, my adductor and my groins happened to stabilize me and keep me upwards, which then helps create a stronger hip things like that.
0: Pretty much making the same with the bench.
1: To a degree, right? And so those should be fun for some people if, yeah, they, if they attempt to do those. Are so fun. And then, uh, just to kind of make sure we're, we're... So we hit the knees and like the lower half three times or also hit the shoulders in, in at least three times as well. So also we're we'll some bulletproofing on Saturday, but also a whole lot of people show up on Saturdays, but... Uh, We'll go back to track three races. we'll also do some more. it's not gonna it's gonna be wrist but also elbow uh like strengthening strengthening a little bit to a degree uh i kind of discovered these the other day is some banded uh wrist uh pronation subnations okay so uh so think of it like um so I have a band on the rig i kind of walk out and am facing uh Perpendicular to the band, I guess, or I guess technically to be parallel with the band. I don't know how you would think about that. So, depending on like I have a band, I'm like on the turf, I'm either facing towards the fold rollers or towards the clock. Okay. Does that make sense? So, essentially, pretend like my palm is facing upwards, I'm holding that band at the top, and from there, while holding that band, my palm facing towards the sky, I'm going to rotate my forearm downward, and that band's going to come, I'm holding that band around me. Gotcha.
0: Does that make sense? Yep.
1: So, that'd be like a brand like a uh, band pronation mm-hmm. and then like a band of supination would be the basically the opposite right so at that point in time i'm now grabbing a band here and i'm having to pull it around the other way into supination right so my palm's facing downwards i'm grabbing the band and then having to rotate over into that supination position my palm's facing upwards towards the sky uh so that's one thing obviously that it's hard to do like a strengthening exercise in the way of like Elbow stuff is the fact. I mean, how often do you ever do any strengthening? that do that, way, yeah. Right, listen, like you turn a key or something like that. Like you don't do a whole lot of any type of like pronation, supination, supination, pronation. Right? You're not doing a whole lot of like rotating at the form, like internal, externally rotating your shoulder. And so, uh, so it's just a way to help strengthen that elbow from doing that with some band resistance. I mean, there's ways you can you could load it, but you'd have to have like a special bar to do that. To do like that. Jake made. Uh, we have, I think they make them now to where. Uh, it's basically like a handle that you can put a load on the end on, on the top. other side and you take can rotate over. that yeah uh, that's another way to do it but the band is a simple option to use and so uh, but that'll help correlate to the kind of tire thing in for the rest of the week here and so uh, so yeah that kind of wraps up everything in the way of what you guys can expect for the next six weeks so that'll take us to you know about mid-February time frame or so okay. and then uh, and then also we'll move into to the next one from there so hopefully you guys Learned something. Obviously, that was a lot of shit I talked yeah. about there. <laughs> uh, a lot of programming. If you
0: listen, you definitely learned something.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm not just throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks. Exactly. is right. it pain. I, and a lot of people don't even, maybe not even gotten this far to the podcast, but uh, and some of you don't even give a shit about it, but uh, at least try to put the information out there because obviously you a little, maybe a little bit of motivation to like come more often mm-hmm. maybe, and you have an idea of what to expect. why. But as well as like, to, sh- to provide, like, show people, like, there is a lot of wherewithal thought behind it. It's not just...
0: Like, some people just think we just throw a bunch of shit on the whiteboard and yeah. just say, all right, let's do it. Yeah,
1: which probably back in the day is very, very true. Yeah. Like, probably 10 years ago was probably not true. Stuff, exactly, but uh, trying to be more methodical and strategic about everything uh, trying to do it in a smart way to where, you know, which we talked about this before, but, you know, making you guys more athletic, Uh, Better conditioning, but also making you look better and making you feel better and being like structurally balanced, right? And like involving all these aspects and kind of blending them to one kind of creates somewhat of a complex uh, Program to a degree compared if you're just like solely trying to focus on one bucket Mm -hmm. of like well I just want to get I just want to get jacked, right? That's a whole other thing to saying okay Well, if you want to you know have skeletal muscle you want to have conditioning you want to be athletic you want to be explosive you want to be, you want to feel good. You want to feel like, you know, you can do all these different things and that involves a lot of aspects in the one. And so, uh, so that way you guys are actually understanding like how much sort of all and care we're trying to put into the program itself in that, uh, you know, we really try hard to, you know, improve it every single time. And, uh, but giving my thoughts out to you guys and kind of showing you the progression and whatnot, I think can help also, uh, build buy-in with people, uh, where people can, you know, because the best program is the ones you'll, you'll, you'll trust and you'll stick with, right? I mean, this program is nothing if you don't really feel like it's actually gonna work. Yeah. Right? Right? Like, I could write up some stupid-ass- stupid, right? Yeah, if I work up some stupid-ass program where it really didn't matter, it's kind of throwing shit on the wall, but you really thought, hey, this is like the end all be all, this is what's gonna get me there. Mm-hmm. Like the placebo effect, yeah, yeah, like that goes a really long ways. And so uh, if you actually can have buy-in, like trust into the system, that's a lot. Uh, I was even listening to a podcast the other day. They were talking Mm -hmm. about the placebo effect and like how powerful that actually is. Like people don't really realize is like, you know, if you actually truly believe something is going to work. Like I think they they did like a a study where they took two groups and one group was given up a placebo steroid. I told them, like you're on antibiotic steroids. The people truly thought they were on antibiotic steroids, but like their skeletal muscle mass improved dramatically. Their body fat percentages went down. Uh, you know, so all these different extra results they had because they truly believed they were on testosterone they and steroids. That yeah, and so because of that, even though they weren't doing, they didn't get there nothing was happening. They because of the fact they truly believed it that they saw all these improvements because of it, right? And so. What's that?
0: That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, and so uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, the mind's a powerful tool that I think sometimes people underestimate. If you can truly believe into a system and buy in, that that, that can go such a long ways for people. I mean, you, you hear that all the time. Sports is like, you know, the head coach like creating buy in with people. Like, if guys aren't trusting the coach and like the system that's working, then it doesn't matter what kind of talent you have then it's never gonna win you know i mean how many teams you see do really well who don't necessarily have all the talent they can pull shit sure. out you know because they have buying and trust into the system and so uh but i won't go i don't get kel caught up in the sports podcast. we'll yeah, so be here for saying, another we can, hour we go on that for a long I don't, time we'll be here for another hour even, So, <laughs> but uh hope you guys enjoyed Man, we're hitting another 15-minute podcast again again yeah wow, roll. so uh hope you guys enjoyed it and uh we'll see you guys next week on the podcast see you later